Jason raided me. <laughs> Good evening, Raiders. Thank you for Good coming evening. in. Wow, that's Good evening. crazy. Numbers went up. All right, more raiders, more fun. I love uh, it. Yeah. So, hey, good evening. It's uh, time for Scuba and Rye Tuesday nights. Gonna have a fun one for you. Uh, we got a special guest who's gonna hang out with us. Uh, we'll bring him in in just a few minutes. So, if you got questions or whatnot, stand by. Or we'll be we'll get to those. Um, we're just gonna jump into it because we got all these raiders, and that just again blows my mind every time we get raided. And a big raiding party like this is always helpful. Yeah, thank you for joining us. I always love seeing a lot of people in a lot of chats. Alrighty, so uh, okay, first thing, gotta pay the bills, bills, so to speak. Yes. Uh, big shout out and thank you to Sirenscape for the background music and soundboards. They make a wide variety of sounds that you can use for your tabletop experience go to sirenscape.com and check them out uh, also of course we always want to thank our community our followers our subscribers everyone who has uh checked us out and uh it continues to come back without you guys we would not be doing this so everything you do is of great help um if you see this on our various other platforms youtube and uh, podcast format make sure you like follow give a rating because uh, that always helps us out uh, reminder we've got an Amazon affiliate link up so there's a there should be a couple uh, couple of overlay uh, extensions here if you wanted to check out some uh, upgrade lists that we're working on for d new equipment uh, also want to point out the up above we got that extra life bar uh, last week we were at like $21 of a thousand and now we are at $1,500 of 2000 so we're just going to keep this train going and see how much money we can raise for extra life to be a think in the in the chat oh there we go gotta love the moderators moderators are awesome big special shout out to moderators for all your help to keep my sanity in check y'all know i lose it sometimes <laughs> okay fair that's fair right all right. Um, well, before we uh, get into our what's up, uh, we'll just uh, bring in our guest, and because I'm sure you guys, y'all saw the tweets and everything else, uh, we have joining us uh, none other than Mr. Brandon Perkins of Realmsmith and Mithril Armory. Brandon, how are you doing tonight, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. Awesome. Hey guys. Hello, hello. So. Hello. hello. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. I'm just saying, saying hello, hello. <laughs> just a heads up, I can't hear the rye very, uh, very well through this right now. But uh, you know, in case that comes up, uh, we'll get we'll, we'll get to him. I'll relay. I'll try and relay across. Uh, still trying to do uh, some stuff. Scream from the mountains over yeah. here. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, uh, all the crazy. So first thing we're going to go in is our what's up. Uh, typically just a fictitional five minutes of uh, what we've been up to for the last week. Fictitional. Emphasis on fictitional. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and since, uh, Brandon, you're our guest, well, we'll let you go first. Um, in case there's anything anybody doesn't know you've been doing for the last few days. Uh, what kind of crazy shenanigans have you been up to? I can't talk about everything, but uh, I... Oh, well, uh, talking about crazy shenanigans after the game yesterday, because we always go out for wings after the game. Uh, everybody 
had some hot sauces because it turns out that Julian uh, knows a thing or two about hot sauces. And if anybody's ever seen Hot Ones, he had uh, the Hot Ones Last Dab Redux. He had Mad Dog 357 Silver Bullet Edition, and he had the Bomb. Uh, so everybody except except me uh, had some hot sauce last night, and I'm sure they're all regretting it today. Uh, me, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so some shenanigans happened, uh, and it was good times. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, there, there is. I love me some wings, but there is a line I will not cross when I go to certain places. Yeah, the, there's always a line. There's always a line, and when you cross that line, you're gonna. <laughs> and I had to one time. Uh, my girlfriend Angelica over here on the right uh, knows the one time, and yeah, that's not a good one time. Alrighty. Um, anything else, or what else you've been up to, other side from the hot wing, ex hot wing experiment? Well, we're uh, we're definitely in the throes of uh, Kickstarter prep, as far as uh, myself and the Mithril guys, uh, Dave and Joel. Um, so uh, that's going live on Monday, uh, and I, I don't know if it's been announced before or not, but it's officially out there right now because I just said it. So we're going live on Monday with. <laughs> the mithril perplexing puzzle experience oh yeah i'm so excited to see yeah I, I, i'm hoping that they do not disappoint uh we put a lot of work and a lot of love into this and uh we're already coming up with ideas for for a follow-up so yeah awesome all right uh, Rye, what about you? What, have you what have you been up to my friend uh, i've just been up uh, mosing around i was up uh with you with that 24-hour stream in and out for most of the time so out there uh, supporting my guy scuba um trying not to fall asleep but i did at some points but you know i made it for most of it um it was a tax-free weekend shopping here in virginia this past weekend so we did hit up the outlets of course um and then we went to um a baby shower one of angelica's friends is about to have a baby boy so it was a surprise baby shower uh, on sunday and then other than that just uh mentally preparing for this uh school that's going to start in three weeks so quite a bit baby shower shopping school prep it's all about the school prep right now oh yeah and the, the emails are starting to flow so i i'm definitely gonna start getting into that focus so well uh my weekend as i'm sure a lot of people know was kicked off with uh 24-hour charity stream, uh, Friday, 10 a.m. through Saturday morning. I didn't quite make 24 hours. I'm going to be honest. I'm sorry. I got 22 hours and change. Okay, I did enough. Hey, 22 hours is more than a lot of people can do. So that's it. You're a champion. You're champion. Yeah, maybe some people would say, maybe I should have done a 12-hour and worked my way up. But, you know, I just jumped in the deep end and said, why not? We should do a 12-hour. Well, I got pretty close, though. Yeah. I think probably the highlight was uh, the fact that we had the uh, D&D one shot with uh, Brandon, uh, who joined up for that, as well as uh, Adam Maines from uh, Romesmith, uh, Shad and John uh, from the Romesmith community, too. It was a lot of fun. I know I had said up to eight hours, but I think uh, all, all said and done, we clocked in 10 hours, but we completed the adventure start to finish. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of fun and really just something. 
Yes. Um, and then it was, uh, I recuperated. I pretty much shut my computer off the Saturday morning and didn't turn it back on until Sunday evening when, uh, some friends came over and we finished up Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Uh, went really well. Ended up making a deal with the dragon at the, the vault and split the loot seven ways. So when, uh, my guy Tamazar, before he got lost in the mist, left Waterdeep, uh, 7.1 million, uh, gold richer. <laughs> That'll be nice to go back to whenever he gets out of the mist, if he gets out of the mist. But, you know, we'll get there. <laughs> if he makes it. Uh, so, we got lots of people. Hey, if anybody's got questions, go ahead and type question in all caps, and we will uh, save those for the moment we can ask them. Yeah, that was uh, that was my weekend. Nuts. Oh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good weekend. Definitely, um... Watching you do your thing, Scuba, it was it was a it was a crowning achievement of of our our podcast so far. Because knowing where we came from to where we did, it was a great thing. And, and then some. I mean, yeah. just look at that extra life goal. We oh, yeah. went in with looking for a thousand dollars and wound up walking out with fifteen hundred dollars. And the party got so many boons that they just <laughs> stockpiled until the end. And then it was like, I need to do something. I'll just use this and I'll use this and I'll use this and. Great times. Good times, good times. So, but uh, yeah, uh, I guess we can uh, kind of shift on that and just continue to talk about that. Uh, Brandon, what were your thoughts? I mean, first time you and I actually sat down to play a game together. It was an awesome game, and I got to tell you, you're a great DM. <laughs> absolutely. <Have you> <laughs> I threw I threw it in the chat while we were playing too. I was like, man, Scoop's a good DM. Um, I think you you were very fair. You played uh, well with the rules that exist, but also including like rule of fun and rule of cool when necessary without going over the line. Uh, so I, I feel like you, you gave us enough leeway to be able to, um, I, I guess, you know, get, you know, you, you gave us some leeway, a little bit of leeway enough that that we were able to to really enjoy the experience without feeling like it was you know um, it didn't have its tension if you know what I mean. Uh, so uh, the, that was something that was really really awesome. Like it, for example, the um, the random encounters I was expecting there to be some insane stuff there, uh, and and so every time we were rolling, I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. Oh no! Uh, so you're not the only one was, to say that. I've had many a party sit there and say that when it's yeah, roll. Let's see what happens. Oh man, you yeah. I mean, when you mentioned displacer beasts and stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> we're in it. <laughs> so, oh, I have a question from the Antipod Twenty. Uh, what's in the cards for the next one shot and? Who do you have your eye on for a special guest? I can't tell you. I'm still planning. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do have some thoughts, but I want to see how some of the some of the repercussions uh, balance out. What were some of those rule of cool moments that come out to you, come come to mind? Now, I I can say that the random encounter table it was literally the dice were determining which monster. I had a fully developed table. I just. It adds to this adds to the suspense, so to speak. If even I don't know what you're going to come across. Yeah, I um, 
you know, the, the whole thing kind of blurs together for me right now, just because like it was, it was like such an event, you know, um, and it was so much fun. So I'm trying to remember a specific rule of cool moments, but I think when it came to basement exploration, there was some some really cool RP stuff that happened around that, and you were just like, yeah, like just let's keep going with it, let's keep going with it. Um, I, I always hold that the best DMs know how to say yes and and no but. And I think that's something that you demonstrated really well in that game. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad. Yeah, because I was not sure what to do and I've always been of the attitude table the table is collaborative. I merely facilitate the players are the ones that drive the story. But I can argue that with anyone to determine and say otherwise. Without the players, you don't really have a story. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Some of the best moments at the table is when you just let the players RP. Just let them go. At least I've found in my games. That's the times where I say, hey, guys, um, I have so much prepped for today. But as far as the way things go, we kind of have to end this episode on a certain, like, I can't push it too far today, right? So I'm going to let you guys RP as much as you want. Um, those are often the best episodes. Uh, when it came to the Invisible Bridge and Dragon's Bane, that's one of my favorites of all time that I've ever DM'd ever. Um, and it's very much because I was like, listen, I've got a couple of big things happening. But as far as pacing of the game, it's going to stay pretty much in this area. And, and I don't usually say that like as far as like, like, hey, guys, just so you know, this is what's coming. Um, but in this case, I, I kind of did. I was like, listen, this is where it's got to be. And this is what's it's going to happen right now, you know, but, you know, run with whatever you've got and, and we'll make it work. And it was just one of those awesome times where chaos ensued and uh, everybody almost died, but nobody did. Yeah, it was fun. Comment in there uh, from Dadster. Uh, I was expecting harder random encounters that would have drawn the stream out even Yes, it would have. I think in the end, we balanced a lot of RP, a lot of, a lot of tension, and payoff when we got to those. What do you, what, would you agree with that assessment there, Brendan? You can, by all means, tell me I'm wrong, please. <laughs> Oh, no, I, I think I think it came together really well. Um, they, I was talking with uh, Adam a little bit on Monday about it, and he was like, "I think maybe we spent too much time in the library." And I said, "You know, I, I was thinking that, but as as the fighter, like I don't know, I don't really care what's going on in this library. So I was just just letting everybody do their thing. But as a player, I was thinking, you know, I, I doubt we're going to even leave with anything from here because the runes and stuff. If somebody trips something there, that someone's going to die, and then you know, so I, I like." <laughs> yeah I, I just i, I was just i was sitting there thinking like we should probably move on um because i don't think there's anything here that's for us <laughs> we'll come back later when we're a little stronger <laughs> yeah that always works <laughs> <laughs> but at least there was enough stuff to draw the interest i think and the investigation of really well finally started to to take the I wasn't sure to start doing how they were going. Asso. Yeah. Yeah. Just seeing that map, there's so much to explore. Um, I'm still wondering what else we missed, right? 
office. There's <laughs> so much in there. Yeah, quite a bit. There's a lot of the investigational stuff. Um, never actually found any of this. Went looking for any of the servants that explored the rest of it. But on the same token, spoiler is uh, you only had a finite amount of time before uh, Sir Xanergal Sir found you guys, no matter where he found you. Would have been highly, it would have been just one of those moments like, uh, I know we're probably not supposed to be here, and oops. But one of the things I was waiting for and nobody asked, doing doing an investigation on Sir Vandergold found y'all. Because that would have been like, okay, now I have to tell y'all where that he's not dressed, dressed like he Just to add extra. But. Oh, man. Yeah. And, and that was the thing. It was like, I don't... It's like the questions had to come. And uh, with other games, when talking about comparing this game and other games, some games, when you do them, you have... When you have newer players who are still getting used to this whole idea of playing and questions, they, sometimes you have to kind of lead them on. And when you have experienced players, you kind of take this back and be like, all right, you guys have played this. I should... It's implied that y'all are going to think about how how you're going to go about the investigation. Even the module says the focus should not be on combat. The focus should be on figure yeah. out what's there. They're saying you're breaking up, Scuba. And we got a few questions in there. Alrighty. Three, actually. Questions in. Okay. Oh, this one's for you, Brandon. Brandon, how... Did you get started playing D and D, and what experience really hooked you on the game? Oh, uh, all right. Well, I started playing because a friend of mine named Jeff Chan um, came to me, and he was like, "Hey, uh, I'm playing this with you know my brother and my sister and stuff, and, and it's a lot of fun." And this is probably about, gosh, like I want to say like maybe six years ago, maybe. Five um, E was still pretty new. I, I don't. I but like. I don't know, all time blurs together lately, not just like game sessions. So, uh, <laughs> so um, he asked me if I wanted to play and I'd always kind of, you know, stayed away because like I, I was raised in the satanic panics. So I was all like, I don't know about this. You know, I've heard stories that, you know, you play it and then you go on that serial killing spree, and, you know, for experience points or something. And anyway, I, I've been playing RPGs my whole life and I've been playing games that are similar to Dungeons and Dragons in structure and improvisational style. Um, but this was the first time I ever dug in. Um, what really hooked me there is we did a full day session one, one day, just everybody took a day off work and we all just went to Jeff's house. And uh, we had this awesome combat with a bunch of trolls on, on uh, the road. So during Horde of the Dragon Queen, when you do the whole big, you know, merchant's quest thing. Yeah. So we were doing that this amazing combat i was mm. playing my uh a goliath barbarian before it was cool and uh and i took out a, a bunch of trolls uh all, all on my own uh which was just this epic moment it just kind of defined the whole thing for me i'm like this is amazing this is just amazing and and the fact that every time i played i couldn't get to sleep because i kept thinking about the game and then i would dream about the game like it's just it was just one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had in my life to be a part of such a collaborative, imaginative, 
uh, amazing experience like that. And, and it's an honor to get to keep doing it even now. Um, and to, to do it where people even like want to see it and be like, wow, I like what you do. And like, like I, I like for me, it's just mind blowing that, that this is a thing that, that we get to do. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. That does sound like, a... I remember some of those all day, all night games just to kind of work through things. Got another question or got a, got another question. Uh, do you have a recommendation for a one shot to try as a first time DM? Uh, I've got a couple of thoughts, but since you're a dungeon master yourself, I'll let you, uh, why don't you take it first? This is a tough one because the ones that I would recommend are ones that I've written. And so nobody has them. Oh. Um, <laughs> there's one I, I created once for Jason's birthday and I, I never got a chance to, to run it, but essentially it's for people that have never played D and D before you start them off. They're a bunch of like, essentially like teenagers in the woods who happen across these items uh, that, that turn them into monsters. And you're essentially running through this one shot as monster creatures, like one's a pixie, one's a goblin, one's, you know, so everybody has their own abilities that will help with the coming uh, dungeon encounter that they're about to go through. Uh, and it, it's something just to kind of get people hooked uh get their feet wet without jumping entirely into the full mechanics so uh, but that's that's one i would recommend for people that have never played before i would probably say if you're if you're if you're really into writing stories and storytelling i would uh, i would probably also go with any of the published starter adventures as a first time if you're not if you're new to the game and not sure about it Uh, but I think a good element of that is don't try to overload yourself. It should be very, it should, uh, a good rule of some of the rules of thumb that I have learned. Cause I, I think I've gotten to the point I approach this academically is three encounters in a four hour session is right about a good thing to kind of work with as a basis. And the encounter can be just as simple as you're talking to the tavern or you're come across somebody out in wilderness have to be, Oh, I've encountered five goblins. I should kill them because goblins. I am not a goblin. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I've heard Fandelver's good. I haven't played it myself. It is a lot of fun. I've had, I've run that. I've, I've, I had a group that started it and then they got, uh, they went, Ooh, shiny and wandered off and now they're in water deep descending into the uh into undermountain and another group has picked up where they left off and trying to do the uh ice spire citadel uh, i've got that kind of blending on there but that's me say that's me when i sit there and say you know whatever my plan is until the players start once the players start rolling dice my plans go right out the window because now they're the ones in charge and i just have to be able to pivot and adjust as they as they decide to belong. That makes it fun though. Us. Uh, <laughs> next one. This is from Dag uh, Crystal. Question. What could you have gotten out of the library? I think there were some books and stuff I can say for sure, but I think a lot of that would have been what perked the parties. In- what, 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 do you, what do you think about your character? 
far as my character goes, I think he's smart enough to know that magic things don't deteriorate as quickly as other things. So he probably would have just opened the bag of holding and stuffed anything that didn't look old into it. Um, so not even giving it all that much thought. It's not it's not that day is stupid necessarily. He's you know his priorities are different. I mean, his priorities are different. I mean, he's a fight. Fighters don't typically have a lot of spell knowledge that I've seen. Compared yeah. to like a druid or a cleric or paladin or whatever, or you know, scholar, scholarly pursuits like a wizard or a sorcerer or a warlock. Yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense. Yeah, Dave's more concerned about you know funding further adventures to help people, right? So as long as this goes to that end, he's he's fine. Alrighty, uh, another question for you, Brandon. You have a lot of great and interesting characters. Which of your characters? You have played is your favorite why thank you um i think snow uh and snow i like snow he's, <laughs> he's just so inhibited most of my characters are, are usually like more like the the stiff rigid good you know where snow is just he's he's chaotic neutral and he but he doesn't always play as a chaotic neutral character he's trying to be good but he also his toolbox is filled with a lot of evil kinds of deeds. And although we haven't seen them on the stream very much, if it came down to it, he's perfectly fine letting somebody die for the greater good of whatever the party is doing right now. Just, you know, let's, you know, sure. I mean, kill the mayor. Okay. Just, you know, make it look like an accident. <laughs> you know, How much of that is the that. influence of it? <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's because of her that, that he came to the point where he found that this is the first order optimal strategy of snow, right? That this is, you know, to get things done, you do what you have to do, right? But he's trying to get some good in there to think like, okay, no, to get things done, you do what you have to do within reason, right? A means to an end doesn't always justify, like the, doesn't always justify the means, right? Um, but he still hasn't fully embraced that. He, he's he's conflicted in in good and bad and he could go either way but he really wants to be good and so i think that's something that's really fun to play with uh because he's unpredictable for me i don't know what he's going to do until he does it right so uh that's just a blast when it comes to somebody like sterling like he's got this inner conflict right now between the boy and the machine which hasn't shown itself in, in this stream very much yet but it, it's happening uh this internal dialogue between the boy and the machine which is really interesting but they they both answer questions in similar ways um whereas snow is just he's a wild card and <laughs> he's he, he surprises me all the time playing him and and what kind of comes up when i'm playing that character just his answers to, to things and, and, you know, even his internal monologue to things. I, I wish I could show more of that sometimes, but yeah, he's, he's the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, I know I have no, I have seen in the chat quite a few comments about you bringing up this dialogue with uh, Sterling has been, okay, what is going on? We want to know. I will, I'm not going to press you for it. Cause that would be spoilers and we don't want to, <laughs> um, Next one, that's a question for me. Uh, how much fun was it being in the mix for Tides of Wildmount as a captain? 
I'd say that was a lot of fun and definitely one of those I had a opportunity voice not just something I was interested in in action but being a conduit we did that big ship battle for the alley sitting there watching the chat and having crew members like hey I've got this and this and this in my inventory and I went ooh idea Jason can I do this and I have yet to go back and watch the stream for its entertainment value mm -hmm. But from what I what I've glimpsed uh, quickly and what people have told me is like I think I might have caught him a little off guard with my flaming uh, manigol ammunition. <laughs> Absolutely, one hundred percent. It came to the point where whenever your turn was coming up, I think everybody at the table was like, "This is gonna be good." <laughs> <laughs> nice, intimidating, but nice. <laughs> Uh, have another comment. This is from Gator Jewels. Uh, first module I ever DM'd was the White Plume Mountain. Great starter adventure that introduced all the key aspects. Not familiar with that, but I have a lot of respect for Julian as a player and as a DM. So, if you can go find it and check it out, uh, there's a website. It's uh, I believe it's called Adventure Finder. Uh, curated by Matt Coville. You can go in and search the whole breath of Dungeons & Dragons Adventures and find out where they're published and then go look up the publication. That's really helpful if you're curious about an adventure or inspiration. All right, got another comment for Brandon. Hello, uh, this is from Antepodden20. Uh, for Brandon, I loved how you played Snow right down to closing your eyes when you spoke. Now, was that to remind Jason that Snow is blind, or was that just to help you kind of get into character? It, it wasn't intentionally to to remind him that that Snow is blind. Um, we talked a lot about Snow being blind before we even started. So, I, I mean, anytime he would forget, I'm like, dude, come on, we talked about this like a lot. But no, he's got a lot on his plate, and I oh, of don't blame him. Like DMing, you can't remember everything about all of your players all the time because you, you're running a world right now in your head um so no that that was more for me to really get into the character's head for me to get more into snow's head uh, one of the things that i recommend for people when they're doing voice acting is if you want to be able to jump through a voice very quickly tie it to some sort of a physical action so for me with snow when i close my eyes and i kind of lean my head forward then the voice is ready it's 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 some sort of a subconscious connection that you you have tied there with that that physical motion it's is a muscle memory thing it immediately just puts your your vocal cords in that position your tongue in the right position and you're ready to go uh, our next comment is from gary diamonds version two uh brandon do you, have you ever done any acting before you very natural to character regards to emotion. Really impressive acting. I think it's been commented on a stream a couple of times that you dabble in acting. I do. Yeah, I've done a couple of. Uh, bit, well, I've done some work for Sirenscape more recently, actually. Um, but before that, I did some work. Well, I mean, my day job with the charity and everything, because it's a TV station, so done some some work there um but yeah i've done voice work uh, across a number of platforms uh i 
this close to getting a video game once. Oh, uh, which one? <laughs> um, we don't know. It never got released, oh. unfortunately. I was writing on it too, um, but it was it was through, you know, like a friend of mine got in the game industry, and it was just that was my in. That was how I got into the game industry initially. Um, but yeah, I've done I've done a bunch of voice work uh, before that. I did theater. Um, I'm a big fan of the the Stanislavski method of uh, getting into a character and building them from the inside out. So, um, yeah, I, I've got quite a bit of acting experience. All right. I uh, got another comment from uh, David Morin. My favorite character Brandon has ever played was Leo. I only did about three sessions and I can't wait to play him. Who is Leo? Uh, Leo Phalor. Uh, he he was a very high level druid, uh, and he learned a horrible secret. And to be able to try and strike it from his mind, he very foolishly on his own tried to do it magically. Um, however, he split his mind in two, and his con cognizant self um, was always in the background, and the insane version was always up front. Uh, and unfortunately, the insane version was the only part of his brain that held the secret. The insane version didn't know <laughs> about the secret. <laughs> so, and he talks like this. <laughs> Hello. I'm here to talk to you all. We're going to be friends, aren't we? <laughs> there's one little problem with that. I don't like people. They disgust me. That was awesome. Yeah, that is 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 this inspired by a, a, a by a certain lawyer in Gotham or something else? Uh, a certain a certain Gotham funny man, I'd say. A very very inspired by Mark Hamill. But I wanted to add. Oh, with. definitely. Yeah, hands down, best in my humble Absolute opinion. One hundred percent. 100%. Yeah. Animated series had a lot of the best. Like, best Harley Quinn, best Batman. I mean, that introduced Harley Quinn. So, I mean. <laughs> we wouldn't have Harley Quinn without that animated series. No, so. we would not. Uh, all right. Got a question from Shadster. You are a great player as well as a great DM. Like one better than the other. You could pick your next role. What would you? I love to DM. Uh, that's that's probably my favorite thing to do because uh, as a player, as much as you can dig into a character, you, you're still kind of limited to that one character, which is why so many of my characters end up having multiple personalities in some way, shape, or form. So <laughs> just, I just I love getting to DM, uh, getting to craft moments and experiences and get to be a part of this thing that everybody at the table is creating. So I, I'm essentially just laying down um, the that kind of spark and everybody runs with the flame. Uh, it's it's amazing to see what everybody at a table can build. And and I think that's why I do homebrew, just because, you know, I, the books can be very limiting sometimes and no offense to the people that write them. It's amazing work, right? I mean, I write modules myself as I've done for Realmsmith's boxes. But to me, homebrew is where the real freedom is. That's where you can run and explore. And that's where everybody gets to really contribute to the story. Really, really contribute beyond just, you know, what does my character do in this situation? It's more like, you know, who is my character in this world? And how does their life influence this whole world? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, to be honest, I'm a little intimidated by doing homebrew. I think it's 
really cool, but I right now I kind of tend to start with the module and then the module lasts until I start rolling, and then I seem to move into what can be argued as homebrew. I've I have to ask, have you published? Have you had a chance to put anything up on DM Build, or is all your stuff uh, part of what's in the? All of my stuff has been published through Realm Smith at this point. Uh, there will be some more that comes out with this coming Kickstarter as well. Okay. Not a, a kicks. If not a supporter of the Ki Realm Smith Kickstarter, go check it out. And that said, Mithril actually. Mithril, Mithril Armory. Oh, okay. Sorry. Check out Mithril Armory's uh, Kickstarter page for their new stuff. They still got the uh, D twenty, the foldable D twenties, and uh were awesome and puzzles coming out from pool two uh so about those uh realmsmith modules how did you kind of get involved with that whole act uh well um it was a combination of things that made it come together um jay liked my dming style he knew that i'd done writing for video games he knew that i love doing homebrew work and um it kind of all kind of hit at the same time we were talking about starting dragon's bane and we were talking about uh doing the boxes as well and one of the things that was i was talking to jay about in dragon's bane was listen like i i don't mind doing the written material but i'm very much a homebrew guy like the company is called Realmsmith. Let's smith a realm, you know. Let's let's make our own homebrew setting. Let's run with that. With that, you know, we can do it for the boxes. We can do it for the show. And, you know, so we that's something that we came up with uh, together, and and it kind of just grew from there. Um, before that, we would get uh, absolute tabletop to write modules for us, or we have something that they had published, and um, we wanted to have. A running campaign that people could play through but also had the option of running each one of the boxes as a one shot as well uh, something that we wanted to to play around with to see what we could do you know would we be able to pull it off and we were very confident that we could and it went really well so yeah I, i've skimmed over the module because i got my first adventure box right at the start of covid I have it sitting behind me in fact i'm process of trying to figure out the craft uh, tavern yes because <laughs> love it it's great it's really nice stuff it's just there's not one bit of instruction so it's like literally figuring it out on the fly <laughs> awesome i'm not gonna admit i'm not i'm not knocking it in any way shape or form i like mm -hmm. the fact that you're gonna get invested in going through the process module looks really good I'm looking forward to when I get a chance to get more, but it is nice. It that sounds really cool. We're building this whole kind of thing up. How many modules did you end up writing? So, I'm 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 a little unsure how many bo how many actual box events. I've I've written twelve. Uh, two are currently unpublished, um, but that that's mostly due to limitations and stock and stuff, just because of everything in the world. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it really kind of just oh let's take a let's just take a stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like hey, let's let's just put a hold on this because things are just, you know, crazy in the entire world right now. So yeah. Um just trying to 
I mean, we were trying to find uh, other suppliers in other areas as well, but there's a certain amount of stuff that comes from China and you can't find it as easily in other places, unfortunately. So, yeah, uh, I got another question for you. And this is a good one because uh, uh, Rye is a aspiring writer himself studying right now. Uh, where do you draw your inspiration? Oh, everywhere everywhere what are some uh, what are some of your go i know you snow was inspired by Toph out of avatar yes. the last airbender yeah because everybody kept saying sterling was like alphonse and like oh man that's i didn't mean to do that but yeah that's that's genius like i'll pretend that, <laughs> that that's what i did um but yeah so after that i was like you know Toph is amazing how would you make Toph in D D? and that's how that started so uh, what are some but uh, with that is like what are some go-to places uh, never ending story is a really big one. It, it, if anybody's really dug into our homebrew world of Alun, you'll see a lot of influences there from, uh, the never ending story book, not specifically just the movie, but the, the actual, uh, book. Um, <clears throat> so that's a huge one. Uh, Narnia, um, of course, Lord of the Rings, because that's like the granddaddy. Um, but yeah, I, I pull, not just from from fantasy but from from everything um in homebrew i i find even just in in my novel writing it's you'll find inspiration anywhere as long as you're open to see it um to to you know just just like if you've got a niece and nephew seeing them play they may come up with some some sort of thing in their game that just triggers something in your brain and all of a sudden you're like that would be an awesome game mechanic. That would be an awesome thing to throw into an encounter. You know, like, brilliant. I mean, come on, let's do the floor is lava D&D, you know? <laughs> Which yeah, I essentially I mean, did in one episode of Dragon Spade. But yeah. Let's try and catch it. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's okay. Is, uh... I keep referencing it, but I, I, I just, I love it. It's a great one. So I mean, much. it was... From what I've, from what I have seen, and some of the clips people have sent me, like the infamous polymorph the creature into a kitten, tossed it in the air that you know, it, to when um the introduction uh, Adam's first Adam's character that was introduced in in that one episode, and, yes. and, and how him and him and Dave's characters interact for that first time, or. Him and uh, Joel's characters interact for that first time. I mean, so many great stories. You know, only very few, and I think those of us that are privileged enough or people or have had the opportunity to put them up in a recorded format for others to enjoy. Thankful for because stories just write themselves in some in a lot. And it's yeah. only a fraction of what happens at all those games. Not have a fly on the wall view of yeah and all of the things that the dm comes up with or, or perhaps or has running in the background that never makes it into the game um there's that too but i i mean for that specifically i was incredibly blessed to have an amazing amazing party at the table uh every single one of those guys it was just awesome it's really really humbling to to get to be able to dm a group like that um, so, any particular animes you go to for? I know we're we're a big fan of anime here here in the yeah. studio. Big anime fan. 
Um, I think Evangelion uh, is one that that I always like. It, it, there's a part of my brain that that always goes back to that just because of the tension and and the the actual like social struggle that was going on and and all of the the internal struggle with all of the characters as well. Um, but I'm a huge huge fan of Avatar: The Last Airbender. I know some people say it's not true anime, but I think it's got the soul. Um, I, right? I need it's... to meet those people and get rid of them right now. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. It's a Western anime. Yes. So layered and so in depth. Those character I watched, arcs, man. I, watched all I mean, of them. in one week. I know season one can seasons. be a bit rough for some people, but stick with it. Stick with it. It's so good. Yeah, as I, I've said, there's only two episodes. I, I watched it when they originally aired, but I can't. One of them is. Episode right before the invasion of the Fire Nation, Luxon. That mental break because he's up for so long, stressing about the battle. <laughs> and the uh, the play they do right before the or the Sozin's Comet arc. But those two are the ones that are just like I have a hard time with things that are just overly cheap. Yeah, and sometimes it's hard to to bottle that and set that aside, but. I do realize that the writing is really good. I mean, I love how it's such satire and fourth wall breaking to watch a play about the previous four, three, two seasons, two and a half seasons of the show. And all yeah. the references went there because so many things. It's like, oh, it happened here, but you talk about it again there. Yeah. Well, the theory is that the movie was based on the play. <laughs> I, I mean, it explains a lot, <laughs> right? <laughs> It does, uh, but the, in yeah. that in, in that comparison, the play is better. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, oh, Gurren Lagann, that's another one. Oh, I've seen bits of that one. I've... I haven't I haven't watched it yet, but I keep getting recommended to watch that. It's good. I like season one better than season two, but I know it's. it's I did think the music was great. Characters were great. Just had a, a ton of fun watching it. Um, I'm sure there's a ton that I'm forgetting as well. I liked Vampire Hunter D. Uh, you're going, you're not, going old school. I'm not sure how many people ever saw it, but the Tekken movie, the anime movie, was yeah. I thought was pretty good. Uh, I love the score for that too. I think that was underrated in a lot of ways. That that score. Um, anyway, I enjoyed that. Just like the uh, the Street Fighter animated mm -hmm. had the two versions. Which cover you? Which um, uh, box art you got right i saw i saw one of them but i don't know which one i saw because this was years ago and i streamed it uh so <laughs> i don't i don't remember <laughs> but i did see one and i remembered liking it but this was so long ago i couldn't tell you anything that happens <laughs> yeah that was like mid 90s often <laughs> yeah. yeah 90s was the boon for anime all right, I uh, got another question here from Dad Crystal. What was going to what what was going through your mind, Brandon, on the Invisible Bridge episode? Oh, uh, well, there were a few things going through my mind. One was I'd gotten a call uh, that a family member was very, very ill during the break, and oh. I was like, I, I told the party, I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, we're gonna have to kind of rush the second half of this episode because I'm going to have to go. Uh, and, and they're like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And then of course, crossing the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
we intend to, we intend to, we intend to cut it short, but you know, we're just, I should have told them, you know what guys, let's go long today. Let's just shoot for the moon. (laughs) (laughs) We would have run out of stuff to do in a half hour. Um, (laughs) Just the way things go. Uh, Yeah. That, that was, that was very much what was going through my head is like very concerned about this person. But I think that um, that tension was something that that kind of moved its way into the way that the events actually happened as well. Um, I was also thinking, oh my goodness, I hope nobody dies this way. Because uh, I prefer character deaths to have a certain amount of drama where you know you can maybe get some last words or something out. But um, falling to your death, there's not much time for that unless you want to shout it while you're falling. <laughs> Or just play the sound by the goof. Yeah. <laughs> I think it also whenever somebody would jump off into the canyon uh, without tying off first. I mean, th- those are always a moment where I was like, hmm, that's an interesting choice. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm just flashing. The- <laughs> <laughs> cows remember the cows too i don't know i don't know that reference find that mm. um i have a comment here from shadster thank you again brandon for being a part of the one shot stream and giving john and i the opportunity and honor to play with you and adam it was truly humbling and a wonderful time for me i am so grateful uh, honestly the the feeling is mutual um i was very humbled to get to be a part of that and to, to get to be a, a part of the fundraising for Extra Life, it's a really good charity. To finally get to be at the table, virtual table with you guys was amazing. Um, so I'm super grateful to have been a part of it. And, and Chad, honestly, I, I can't wait to play with you again. And, and same with you, Scoob, like John, just what an awesome, awesome experience. Thank you so much for that. I have been asked to make that a thing. So, kind of, kind of move in, seeing what happens next for the puppet party. But I don't want, to, can't say too much. Dad may have already said something. To, if not, he. But I realize you and Adam skip hectic best right now. Yeah. So as far as that's concerned, it's an open invite. If you have a Saturday morning free, want to jump in on the table. We- Working out ways to make that happen, logistic inspiration certain uh, spell that uh, Julian and Josh use in Tides of Wildmount, where they would flip places. <laughs> right, that could work. <laughs> oh, I believe we have about ten minutes left of your time. Uh, I want to give the floor to you, sir. Is there anything you want to just kind of? ask plug or uh uh wow okay um yeah well i'm sorry I to guess... put you on the spot like that <laughs> no that's okay <laughs> um i would say definitely keep an eye out for mithril armory's new uh kickstarter the perplexing puzzle experience it's gonna be amazing and i hope you guys think so too um there's more things in the pipeline there as well so definitely keep plugged into everything Mithril Armory is doing because uh, I, I have nothing but faith in those guys to be able to 
create the most amazing things continually. Um, also, of course, Realmsmith into the mist every Monday night, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Um, also, I have a couple of things in the works. I can't go into all of it yet. There's a pretty big one with Realmsmith that might be happening. Uh, and uh, I have written a novel that is currently in editing that I will eventually be publishing. So uh, I'll make sure on all of my socials to, to blast that out whenever that happens. Um, and uh, as far as questions go, uh, Scoob, what were your first thoughts when you saw that you had so many rogues in the party? I was sitting there thinking, well, the Shadowfell is going to be playground for you. Um, because I was reading up on that, some of the old old descriptions from earlier editions don't, which offer a lot more detail in it. Even the because uh, uh, you can kind of see up here in the background, I have a bunch of the second edition, second edition advanced, third edition, or fifth edition gotten into the hobby of collecting all of this vintage DNA because there's inspiration there. Um, Absolutely. And I was reading some of the older play and even this module actually goes into how the Shadowfell will affect spells to certain, on certain spellcasters. How it, uh, different classes have different uh, pluses and minuses. One of the things rogues actually got a lot of benefit from being in the Shadowfell because of That was a, that was interesting. I know I had said I don't worry about party balance because dungeon master I can offset party balance because I want the party to be in characters. I have to sit there, sit there and play like old school elementary school sport thing where it's like you can be this and you can be this and you can be this. Then I feel I'm kind of hurting the player option because I want to be a yes. Johnny's already doing it. Fine, you do it too. I don't. <laughs> your character how do you want it to go and the multi-classing caught me by surprise seeing the seeing the multi multi-classing i think the playing through is a john and shad wanted me to run their characters gladiatorial kind of skirmish see how their characters because they hadn't like they hadn't done high level characters like that or multi-classing like that so they wanted to see are their choices does it balance well? I pit them again. They're a revenant. That combat took 60 to resolve. A brilliant idea. I, I recommend that for anybody. If you if you want to test play your character, do it. Um, also, if your character has some really huge defining moments in their past, RP that out with somebody, or even with just with yourself. You know, but it's better with somebody else because there's you're going to get more emotion that comes out of you when you RP these these big moments. Um, so I recommend doing that. They may never show up in game, but at least you have the emotional platform to build from when you are in game to when you talk about that moment of that horrible thing that happened. You you, you those emotions are there because you've felt them before. You know, in character. So. I got another question that just came in from Glock89. Both you and Jason have mentioned it, kind of, but any thoughts on Order of Dragons being coming back? Quite the topic amongst the kids. Right. Um, I 
not allowed to say anything because there's nothing confirmed, right? But there's been a lot of talk about it. Uh, and I think that's all I can say, unfortunately. There's been a lot of talk about it, um, but nothing confirmed. There's yeah. still plenty of time. I mean, like, it's only been a few years where all this has kind of just skyrocketed. Yeah. When you think about it, it's like only been a couple of, only been a few years, right? Well, I mean, we we were doing, you know, decently uh, with Dragon Spain and everything, but it was with the start of Into the Mist, um, like just over six months ago. Uh, that's that's when things really took off, and you know, getting the blessing of you know D and D and you know Watsi official, and you know just. I mean, there's there's really nothing like that to set a fire under you to do something great. So, like, really, I think all we needed to do is, to succeed was stop doing Dragon's Bane. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he's um, kidding. He's no, kidding, guys. He's I'm kidding. Joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, but yeah, I, it's something that I um, I think about uh, all the time. I. I still have everything in my head of everything that was going on in the background stuff that that uh, never never made it out. Certain twists and things that were going on because one of the big questions about Dragon Spain is these guys are low level. Why are they doing god tier things? There's an answer for that. There's a reason. So, um, you know, theorize as you will, uh, but yeah, there's there's a reason behind all of that, and that's something that I hope will you know eventually come out if we get to do it again someday well i think we're pretty much all of all the time we have with you for the evening um this is what probably wasn't exactly how we were going we were planning the pacing for the show tonight but we're ryan and i are going to stick around to keep doing this stuff but i think i think we got i think i think we definitely got more than what we what we other a great conversation yourself and all of these great questions i think i want to ask dave yes. to come be a guest so we can we can get some of that inside scoop <laughs> on hot sauces and mithril armory what do you think yes dave is a hot sauce aficionado himself he's i've seen inside his fridge he's got this very frightening wooden box with a hot sauce inside <laughs> but dave do it yes <laughs> For sure. Oh. This is a ton of fun. Thank you so much for having me. Um, sorry to derail anything. No, but, no, no. This, no, this, this it was great. A... I mean, just the breadth of things to talk about, I'm sure we'll probably keep going for another hour, but I think you kind of open that up if you ever want to come back on and hang out with us. And I don't think the community will have a problem with it. So, yeah. and... 100%. Just let yeah. me know when. <laughs> you got it. Alrighty, uh, we're we'll going We're gonna set up for Rise. Yeah, that was we'll a uh, do that. First, I want to thank Brandon. That was a great, that was a great, great, great time. Hearing so I'll about let you do that while I. Uh... All right, tell. Go ahead. All right, all right. Now let's uh, make make that heavy left turn. 
into uh, reviews. Had to wet my whistle a little bit, but yeah, that was a good that was a good conversation. Definitely loved hearing about how he did homebrew stuff with stories, but oh, yeah. yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, it's a uh, it, it 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 always it always warms my heart hearing about when people can just get creative with storytelling, especially with me. I'm at, I'm a little bit more on the relationship or coming of age stories the way I write, but it's still. You know, it's a good way to spark, you know, that creative creativity. So, um, but speaking of stories and storytelling, head into one of two reviews this weekend that I got to watch. Um, the first review is actually um, back into my old school rewind segment, and I decided to go back and watch a uh, movie that came out last year, uh, a raunchy comedy per se called Good Boys. Um, <laughs> Um, Good Boys actually follows a group of best friends in middle school. Um, their names are Max, Lucas, and Thor. Yes, there's a kid named Thor. And basically, you get to follow this party as they go on this mission um, to help one of the friends in their party who gets uh, caught up in a situation. And it pretty much uh, falls into Foley and mishaps from there. So basically, what it is is that one of the boys gets invited to a kissing party for middle school and it leads down a pathway of um, just some unique situations that creates laughter and hilarity along the way. Um, when it comes to these kind of like um, comedies, it's pretty much a familiar setting where it's like it has this like teenage comedy kind of trope. So there's a lot of raunchiness, a lot of uh, sexual innuendos, a lot of dark humor and blunt dialogue. But it's kind of interesting to see how they apply that situation. Um, uh, give you an idea like an American Pie kind of movie, but to middle schoolers. And you might think that being raunchy at that age might be coming off a little too edgy for that age group. But what you come to find out is that even with that familiarity of the comedy, it creates a truly like sincerity to the characters. Because what it is, is that that raw dialogue is not force-fed. It's not, like, just um, put there just to, you know, freak you out because they're using, you know, curse words or, you know, a lot of different things you won't expect. But it actually brings out the innocence of the situation. So watching these kids uh, come across these, like, come across these crazy situations, you actually see their innocence come into play. But also watch as their relationship as friends grow um grow together and apart at the same time and what it does is actually it creates a crossroads for the audience where it puts a reflection on your own childhood and makes you think back to a lot of the friendships you used to have and how it actually blossomed into growth uh, a personal growth of your own self and learning about that there's more outside of just the current friends you have but even if you move on you still will have that good core group of friends moving on so um, while they go on this adventure and they get the thing they need for one of the people in the group, they get to the kissing party. It comes back to a very uh, familiar, uh, common um, welcome and self-reflection kind of thing for the kids. But it's a wonderful treat for anybody that, that wants to have truly laugh out loud moments because this movie has a lot of uh, 
uh, zippy one-liners and just crazy situations that will make you laugh out loud hysterically. Any questions, Scuba? Thoughts? I've always got thoughts, but that's uh, beside the point. <laughs> um, any, 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 because I know this was a movie we actually did mention a few times a while back on previous podcasts. Um, any, anything about uh, comedies that might draw you into this, might not draw you into this? Um, I heard about this film. I wasn't sure about watching this film, to be honest, and. Because to me, it kind of struck me like Hot Tub Time Machine. And that was one of those films that the premise of it just did not spark a lot of interest oh, for yeah. me to watch. Yeah, it's I, I can understand why. It's very basic. It, it, it takes on that that very um, typical outline of, um, of that kind of formula and foundation of that crude humor comedy. But it's watching these kids and just watching the innocence against adult humor that really draws you in it's very ironic and funny at the same time um so i meant the cliches and the tropes are there but it's the kids and just what they do and their snappy dialogue that will keep you going from uh, 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 beginning to end and if you can hear uh my girlfriend is laughing over here in the right corner because she was laughing hysterically at this movie too yes uh we'll take a moment to say thank you the ghost is back (laughs) <laughs> we we've we've missed her. her 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 presence has been sorely missed but it's a nice sign that the ghost is back uh, <laughs> she, she has been secluded away doing school being a good student so you know school is very important so we're yes. not we're not we're not criticizing that but we are thankful the ghost is back with us yes I'm back. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah i i, I like I said, that's why I, ma- I made the mention of American Pie, because that would be the equivalent with the kind of crude humor. But it's a little bit better in the way it actually has character growth through this movie. Like okay. real character growth. So what what was the final call on this? Uh, final call is I definitely, I, I did not expect to laugh as hard as I did watching this movie. Um, but, you know, even with the laughter, it is very basic. It's a very simple story. You know what's going to happen. Uh, but seeing that innocence against that adult humor, it's just it just made you laugh. And that's the whole point of a comedy. Um, comedy is truly in the eye of the beholder. And if you can make me laugh, it does get a positive review. I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. It would be worth seeing as a matinee in the theater. But it is available on HBO Max. So if you have that service, check it out. Okay, I will make the attempt to watch it. I cannot promise anything. That's fine. As long as you make an attempt. You know, I may sit here and do a community uh, channel points challenge to try and convince to get me to watch one of these movies I would t- normally not watch. But you could do that. But, you know, I have pulled you to some movies. You, you had questions and came out and joined. Me. Th- this is true. I will not d- deny that. Um, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's uh, put the pin right there and move on to the other one. <laughs> American Pickle with Seth Rogen. Oh, yes. This uh, is another one that just came out on HBO Max. I caught the preview of uh, preview for this. And this one seems a little, this one is the, the preview for this is nothing compared to what you described in your review. So I wasn't too thrilled to see this, but I'm going to put it to you. Change my mind to make me go watch this. I will change your mind, but I know you have a subscription so you can click on it. 
But anyways, American Pickle um, does star uh, Seth Rogen, like you said, and he stars in actually two roles. Um, the first role is actually goes by the name a guy named Herschel Greenbaum, and he is an immigrant to America. Um, he came to America looking for a better life, and um, a, a certain situation happens, and he gets uh, preserved in pickle juice in a pickle, pickle factory for 100 years until he is found in the current modern day. Um, and then what happens is, is that while he wakes up in the modern day, he comes in connection with his only lasting member of the family, Ben Greenbaum, who is also played by Seth Rogen. So Seth Rogen plays in two different roles in this movie. And you basically watch how the old and the new interact with each other. Um, the basic outline is that it's a drama and a comedy, or what I like to coin a dramedy. And it mixes in with that fish out of water trope. That's how you initially get introduced into this into this um, movie. Is watching how uh, Herschel is trying to adjust to the modern day. But also when he gets introduced to his great great grandson. I think that's what it was. Um, yeah, it's like the yeah, last yeah. member of his family. Sorry, just got to take a pause there. Okay. Uh, somebody commented that uh, this guy kind of looks like me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to compare Wait, the beard. Where, where is it? I wasn't looking I at the chat. The little, I could see the little bit of white right here. The little bit of white. This, oh, that's why I'm like doing a double take and all that. It's like. Hello. <sighs> <laughs> no, see the. This is why we missed having the ghost because she'll she'll throw oh, yeah. something out there from the left field. It's like. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, that is um now okay now I cannot not see you. Scuba. Don't be sorry, Deacon's table. It makes for good content. Oh, I I now I can't now all I see is a picture of Scuba with a hat. Okay, great job, great job. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, we got derailed again. Thank you, chat. Thank love you, it, chat. I love I need, it. I need to get a little like uh, a, a little award thingy for every time the chat derails oh, our conversation. That's great. All I could see from the corner of my eye is Scuba's head turning left, right, left, right question marks so you know i was like what's going on oh, oh that was great while i'm staring at my review talking about my review all i see is seth rogan scuba in my face moving on you were talking about how uh he was meeting his uh his his apparently he's the last line of the family yeah he's the last line of the family so um like I said, Herschel's trying to get adjusted to the modern day, which is the typical fish out of water trope, but it's paralleling alongside his great great grandson, Ben, who is also struggling in the modern day for uh, reasons of trying to start his own business. But there's a tragic past to why he's having a hard time with it. And what happens is you see um, you see these two um, Two different sides of the same coin clash because of um, just different motives of what they believe is the right thing to do and what is the right way to be successful. So it creates a conundrum, a conflict of interests um, that leads to like humanistic storytelling that is focused on the social environment of today. So it's very witty in the fact that you watch these characters interact in a way that it, it clashes with the times and it also puts an eye through comedy on the social commentary of the situation it's very smart in the way it does that but 
what is great about it is actually you see Seth Rogen um, at his prime with his acting. Because seeing him in these two different roles is really amazing. Because if you only know him for just his like co comedic roles like 40-Year-Old Virgin or Knocked Up, um, you're just going to assume that he's just a one-trick pony. But watching this movie and watching him act in two different distinct roles, it shines that he can be both funny and dramatic at the same time. Witty and charming and just unique on a very uh, in-depth scale. Um, so what are we going to call this one? Um, overall, um, the acting is great. The storytelling in the beginning when you get introduced to it is great. Um, it does get lost in a lot of the slapstick humor and there's a lot of like forced loose secondary plot threads that happen through the middle part of the movie when they're clashing with their uh, ideals, but it does come back around. Um, it does give you a satisfying conclusion, even if you do see it coming from a mile away. Uh, I think it's a, a good time, uh, a three out of five theater discount, but it is an HBO Max original, so check it out, people. Yeah, um, I never had any doubt of Seth Rogen's uh, abilities. Uh, he does do a lot of supporting roles and comedic things, but he's also done uh, superhero films, comedy films. Uh, the Green Hornet. Yep, the Green Hornet. He did. Uh, I mean, there he he's got passion. Yeah, and, and that, I have a lot of respect for him for his for some of the stuff he's done for a lot of the things he's done behind the camera. Yeah, some of the stuff I've seen him on camera for, I've not been particularly thrilled with because again. As we were talking about with uh, Brandon and uh, you, as as I've talked about before, certain types of comedy actually just turn me off. And sometimes he's involved in a lot of those types of comedies that I'm just like, I it's not holding my interest. It's yeah. it's nothing against the film. It's just as you said, these types of things in the eye of the beholder. And oh, yeah. for me, if it's not holding my interest, I'm gone. Yeah, straight and up. And it, it, it was a good watch. We actually watched both of these back to back. Um, so it, it, it gives a good a good perspective of what comedy is. Because these are two different distinct comedies, Good Boys and uh, American Pickle. One might have a higher rating than the other just because of my enjoyment. But I still enjoy both of them on different uh, different takes. So, Deacon's Table, I have nothing against Tim that he's Canadian. I have nothing against any of his work. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> sometimes some of the films he's been involved in just don't hold my attention yeah so i have it if for and for those who are new to this and new to when we discuss these films we basically look at it there's a peer there's a triangle yes there is the actor there is the script and there is the director if you do not have those three you do not have a good triangle therefore you do not have a success any one of those three that is lacking in any way ruin the whole thing regardless of the other two so it's 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 a very it's a it's a balance i mean equilateral triangles versus isosceles and obtuse so but yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. nothing against the guy personally i'd love to ha sit and have a conversation about comics and things with him oh yeah and just kind of chat because i'm sure he's he, a lot of the stuff he's done behind the camera has been really cool yeah some of the roles he's had on camera has been a little hard for me to digest. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely Seth Rogen is a is a unique pill to swallow. But if there's stuff out there to like, he does do a variety, and this movie is a good example of him branching out. Nice. So um, I did put a link to my uh, movie website in there. Uh, yep. Self, if, self, selfish plug, whatever you want to call it. It's not a selfish <laughs> plug. 
I mean, that's part of why we started doing this whole podcast. Oh, yes. Uh, all right. Uh, it's uh, ryereviews.com, all one word. Go check it out. Uh, see all of the various reviews he's done. He also does take requests. Yes, I do. So, take requests. And we um, are we have talked about maybe doing a watch party here on Twitch because Twitch allows us to run Prime movies and the two of us could watch a movie and commentate the entire way. That oh, could yeah. Be fun. It definitely, definitely would be fun. And I do have a good list of movies I'm going to be checking out. So I could sneak in a request in here at any time. But, you know, um, one of the movies on my list, just to give you a heads up, is if the theaters open up around here is New Mutants. So do expect to see me review that at some point in the next month. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. The comment is, in case you guys can't see it in the chat window, a uh, very smart guy just had some bad choices. A lot like uh, Jim Carrey. Great actor, funny, but some of his humor, bad. 100% agree. I Jim Carrey is another one of those, his early work, but I think once you got Pat, once you got... He tried to break out of the typecasting, but once you get into that typecasting, it is very hard to get out of. And Jim Carrey's style of humor that he that made him so famous in his early work is really kind of hard to digest right now. Amen. I, I nope, nope, nope. Not even nope. <laughs> the mask was amazing. I love the mask. Yeah, when yeah when Jim Carrey got into some of the dramatic one of his dramatic roles eternal sunshine and spotless mind is one of my favorite movies of all time so yeah all righty well uh so yeah we got the reviews and uh we're gonna go here dun 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 plug. here we go since we didn't, get, we didn't get to do that earlier and we jumped right into the reviews so that we could transition we can spend a little time talking about state of game yes uh, well, we talk about the various games we were played and the games we were playing and what were our thoughts on those games. Obviously, talking with uh, Brandon earlier, we talked about that D&D one-shot that lasted 10, oh my god, hours. It was <laughs> pretty long. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I, I watched most of the 24-hour telecast, and most of it was when I came back and I put you on the big screen. You were on the big screen, Scuba, in oh, the house. Wow. Uh, it was you in the game, you in the game, and it was enjoyable because I I, I know a little bit about D and D, and then I also was uh, helping uh, my girlfriend Angelica understand how D and D works. So she was trying to get into it, so we can possibly play sometime down the road. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a fun watch. Yes, it was, and I'm in the process of editing it and getting it up on YouTube. It will be part. It will be a five part uh, YouTube set uh, as soon as I get that up there. But uh, aside from those, uh, for, aside from the game, let's uh, talk about the other games, and let's talk about those video games, those sweet, sweet, lovable video games. Uh, you've been working on Ghost of Tsushima, I'm sure. Yeah, that's pretty much my life of gaming right now. So, uh, yeah. So tell us about your adventures in Ghost of Tsushima, because I actually have a video game, and everybody watched me play it. Oh yeah, we did watch you play it, and making uh, making some interesting decisions. Um, but it was fun watching that game. I've never seen that game a playthrough, so it definitely was fun. But Ghost of Tsushima, I have been just wandering the islands, um, actually um, saving people along the way. Um, one thing about um, moving into Act 2 is that, I know I mentioned this before, is that 
uh, they send out bandits to the, the first island that you are at. So they're raiding farmlands. And when they're doing that, you have to go back and free these farmlands, but it actually opens up additional quests and resources, which is interesting because then you get to you get to venture into even more parts of the island that you didn't venture into from before. So you, it does uh, give you a way to navigate the island more and then see more things, get more items, build up, you know, different armor sets and, you know, different cosmetics. Um, I do have squirrel moments in that game because all I do is just kind of ride around and just look at the landscape. It's just amazing just how detailed this game is. And like you've mentioned about the UI, it's so simplistic. You just kind of let the world guide you to where you want to go. And and then working through the missions now through Act 2, various missions, it's starting to get, you know, emotional. Because there's a lot of characters that you've been you've been following with along the way that have been helping you. And you're starting to see how the invasion has um, put uh, turmoil on not just them, but their families. So you're starting to see like like a stronger personal connection because everything is tied into um, trying to get these Mongols off the island. So the story is really great. Just navigating around the world, you literally will just like for for an hour, just kind of just ride around the island, just not even doing anything, just because it's just so amazing to see. Interesting. Very interesting. So, so how close are you to Act Three? Uh, I don't even think I'm close because the, I, I keep going and I like I'm a completionist. So I'm doing all these little things. Um, I'm going to Fox Dens. I'm doing side missions where you go to Mongol territories and free the territories. I'm going back to the previous island to free the farmland. So it's like, OK, I know I should be doing this gold quest over here, but all these other quests down here look great, too. So I just go left and then four hours later, I'm just OK, time for bed. Totally, totally. Uh, so yeah, I was playing Call of Cthulhu on Xbox on Friday and Saturday. Uh, that was interesting. Um, I think I got through the first like. I think I probably got for, through the first third of the game before we started the D and D D and D thing, and then I went back to it afterwards and played that for a. Um, for a little bit uh yeah it did have a very it did have a very dishonored the whole steampunk dystopian type of feel and th this and of course being period piece set in the 20s uh made it interesting i i like the feel of it i'm at a point now i'm kind of stuck uh for those who, who didn't check it out um i got to the point where i was um i finished searching the house I went below the house, searched the caverns, uh, got caught in a cave-in, and woke up in an insane asylum. And now I'm trying to sneak around the insane asylum to solve a series of puzzles to create a distraction so I can escape the asylum and move on with the story. And I'm a little frustrated on how to do that. Plus, it was like three in the four in the morning. Because <laughs> I can't say it was three because we played till about two. So it was probably about four or five in the morning. Yeah. And I was like, mm -mm, yeah. Mm. Um, picked up and played a little Forza for a couple of starter races just for giggles. But 
Yeah, I'm probably I need to make some time to stream more of what to pull, boot up Call of Cthulhu and I'll probably put it on stream it for a little bit. I loved how with uh, people in the chat and say, hey, what stat should I put a bonus in or what choice should I make? So I like that. I felt that was kind of fun interacting with that. Yeah, that was definitely fun. Giving uh, right or wrong decisions. <laughs> mm. But uh, other than that, it was a lot of the D&D stuff. Like I said, we do. We completed Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Uh, which my friend was very excited. He finally got to finish a, a campaign or adventure. And now we're prepping. So we're, we're going to start Descent into Avernus. And this one is one they've asked me to run. So I've got some prep to go for that. I already know the first couple of things with that. Uh, so I will probably will try and do some play reports on how that game goes. I'm sure some people will be interested. The Telltale games are a lot of fun. Yeah. I will take that request into consideration. I think I have a couple of the Telltale games I want to go through. I just I haven't gotten very far. Uh, Wolf Among Us being probably one of my favorites, even though I've watched the story, but I'm just now working through the story. Um, I do have a lot of the Batman Telltale game, so that could be fun too if we want to do a stream together and kind of see how that story develops. Um, are there any question, any more questions for me about the D&D game on Friday? Anybody is curious about? Spoiler, if you haven't watched it or if you want to have some, if there's any questions about stuff you saw in the game and want to, are curious about, that would be fun. If not, I understand. <laughs> All right. <laughs> moving on what level did the party get to at the end of dragon heist uh we ended the adventure at level four i don't believe we were told officially we could be to level five but the prologue i can tell you is uh we when we got to the vault of dragons at the in underwater deep uh my party had decided to negotiate with the guardian of the vault who happens to be a dragon if you played the module spoiler i'm not gonna each table is gonna have a different reaction with him my particular party uh managed to negotiate with the dragon and let him set up a cpa firm in our in our tavern and he runs the books for the party now given that my character was the lawyer uh, their negotiations were all fine and dandy until I drew up the contracts. And when I drew up the contract, the dragon signed it and we all signed it. So, you know, we're all, we're all on the up and up. And part of that was we split the horde in the vault seven ways. So 50, 50 million dragons, which in Waterdeep, that's a gold piece. 50 million in gold was split with seven ways. So Tamazar walked out of that deal with seven million seven million in gold. So, and then as far as the story goes, two years later, Troll Skull, our tavern has uh, left Waterdeep as a floating construct of some type. I don't know the math on that or the logic, but this is what they wanted to do because you know criminal uh, enterprising and all that. Not. And about the time they did that, Tamazar decided to honor the call of his gods and go wandering into the woods. And disappeared. And I'm sure we all know where Tamazar ended up. 
Not with all of his money, not with all of his stuff, not with all of his memories. But we know where he wound up. <laughs> so. Any other questions? If you do, if they do come in, just type a question in all caps, and it'll catch it, and then we will answer it as soon as we see it. Yep, not a bad payout. And the thing is, a lot of us reinvested it into our organization. So two at two years of steady income growth in the city of Waterdeep. Good times. But I think we are ready to go to odds and some interesting ones indeed i don't have a whole lot for tonight i'm gonna be i'll be honest i don't have a lot for odds and ends tonight i have two really good stories that i thought would be worth uh, a conversation yeah not too many but the two that are there are greatly worth talking about oh yeah <laughs> totally totally worth talking about <laughs> I feel jaded now with a measly 7k <laughs> sorry but I could definitely retcon and say Tamazar has a very nice set of armor <laughs> that does not have a negative on his on his stealth checks but I believe the uh, the council won't let me wear it <laughs> oh but our first story for odds and ends, which are a collection of internet stories that we find and we decide to discuss. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Hey, remember when we were all kids and we all thought about what is it we wanted to do when we grow up? What is it we want to do when we get to that point and get paid for being doing? Me, I'm kind of entering, I've gone from a Marine to a student to a tech guy to now trying to be a uh, professional D&D player of so, in some capacity or content creator. But I got to admit, this guy, he's got the best job. He does. He is the town wizard. I'm not kidding you. He is the town wizard. Here in this New Zealand man gets paid ten thousand a year U.S. to be the city's official wizard. The wizard is a member of Christ Church New Zealand. He he moved there in the mid seventies and has been the town wizard ever since. His journey has been uh, rather interesting. Yes, a very interesting read, uh, in depth, um, depth read. Definitely. Um, no, it's not an elected position. He kind of worked his way into that position. He self-created it. He did. He did. Um, he's. This is one of those kind of like you hear the comments about rogue scholars and things like that. Is like this dude. He went completely rogue in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. We're 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 gonna hit all the classes on this conversation. Uh, here's his backstory. Um. Before he wound up in New Zealand, he backpacked through Europe, mm -hmm. was a Royal Air Force officer in Canada, and was a teaching fellow of sociology at the University of New South Wales in Australia. And then he decided to, you know, have fun. And the establishment didn't like the fun he was having and fired him. 
and <laughs> shenanigans ensued and he wound up in in this little town in new zealand and just kind of started dressing up in 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 these various outfits and in the in the town square standing on a ladder and just you know just kind of being there and his whole thing was he wanted to bring a sense of joy to the world yes take um, it away right tell us more all right so he moved to christian church in the 1970s and like scuba said he started uh um just becoming a mainstay in the cathedral square um just uh, wanting to bring joy to people uh, uh at first, the council wasn't uh, wasn't too ni- nice nice about it. So he found ways to get around the what they call the Christian Church bylaws to be able to talk in the town square. And then in about the 80s, 1982 to be specific, quote, the New Zealand Art Gallery Directors Association said he had become a living work of art. Um, so our, um, they described it as, quote, artist, artist, corporal substance and its value as priceless. He um, also received a letter from the prime minister uh, asking that he take the job as being the official wizard. And in 2000 and in 2009, he received the queen's service medal, which is one of the highest honors you can receive in New Zealand. Yes. He has been a mainstay of conversation. He has greeted dignitaries and whatnot. There are pictures of him welcoming uh the royal family when they've come to visit as well as other dignitaries and now at the ripe young age of 87 he has real he has taken on an apprentice yes he has taken on an apprentice to help probably ease that transition and keep the wizardry of uh, new zealand going um what is this guy's name freeman that's all i can see uh, so, like, see, Freeman uh, actually has been apprenticing for the last five years. So, oh, yes. if you happen to take a trip to this area of New Zealand and go to these, go to Cathedral Square where these guys hang out, you will most likely see the two of them debating. Yeah, they de- on various topics because you know they're opinionated. <laughs> yeah, they their 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 topic of discussion talks about uh, uh, Wiccans and music. And just uh, any kind of sensibility that you could find in society. But it's just be amazing. You're just walking down the street. Look to your right. Just a couple of wizards just bickering away. That's awesome, in my my opinion. It gives me a reason to go to New Zealand. Dude, Outside. I already had a reason to go to New Zealand. Well, and, that was go, and that was to go to Hobbitown. Now I, I, I want to go to Hobbitown and go hang out with this guy. You, you took the words out of my mouth. But <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to keep my excitement down. Now my excitement is way high. Because nope. now I get to see hobbits and a bunch of wizards walking around arguing with each other. That's just, that's just, um, um, just awesome. Oh, we also know the other reason you want to go. You want to try and break into the set. Oh yeah, I'm going to Lord of the Rings show that Amazon is putting on. Shh. I've made some calls. Shh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We all know what's on. We all know what's on the down low. Hey, I I'm the height, the fit, any character on set, so. Except for maybe some elves, but, you know, that's fine. I'll sneak you on. <laughs> I know a lot about the Second Age. I am knowledgeable. Alrighty. Well, this is one of those fun ones. And our last story, like I said, there was only two that really kind of jumped out. And this one really jumped out. Um, This one talks about, you know, we've all been stuck at home for various degrees of quarantine, lockdown, 
social distancing and everything else in the book. Um, but one of the things has been the, uh, there've been story after story after story about game companies and game organizations having record profits for the last, for the first five months of 2020. Go figure. Um, there was a article that blur Nintendo had like a 400, 400% per, 400 increase in sales, uh, over the, over the first five months of this year, numerous other game companies. And one of them being this one, uh, who is, what we got here in the picture here is the, uh, it'll, as the gentleman there is the creator of the game Catan yes. or more colloquially called settlers of Catan. Uh, which he cre which he released in Germany, which was originally released in Germany in 1995, and then came across the United States in 1996. Um, this is if I have never, Brian, I both have never played this game. No, I haven't. I'm familiar with the game. I have friends that said they'll never play this game because they don't like it for a variety of reasons. But after reading this, oh, you have all the boxes, Miss K. Oh. Then you are you are an authority, because there are a teach lot of different there are teach a lot us. of varieties on that. Oh yeah, teach us our the noobs of this game. <laughs> but uh, basically, uh, the don't have his name here. I apologize. Um, but he created the game, started creating games in the '80s, and just was trying to find one that would work, and then came up with this, which is all about resource gathering and building up a community. And the one who's got the best resource, most resources and most profitable community wins. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, turns out it's so cool, in fact, that, you know, some prominent people, uh, prominent business people really appreciate the game. Uh, one of the things in there is a, it's been reported that LinkedIn co-founder Reed Hoffman has has played this game during interviews to gauge applicants i think that's just really creative that is creative it does give you a sense of just especially the way this game is built you you will get a sense of people's um wits and analytical skills on how they would judge uh certain dealings especially if it's dealing with resources and inventory and trying to be a capitalist or venture capitalist it does it does pick your interest on a foundation scale so it also cites that mark zuckerberg is a fan and he was just recently named was just recently identified as being worth one over 100 billion dollars he is a pricey so, man i mean i'd actually like to try this i know there are several different varieties of Catan out there yeah and i think it would be just kind of fun to try and if this is not i mean it sounds like an entrepreneurial game um this is this game has been about for out for about 25 years. Yeah. And has sold over 32 million copies. Yes. Um definitely this is a game that can grab a lot of people's attention. Um on top of the sales, um the company sales uh say they have skyrocketed 144% for the first 5 months of this year. Go so, figure. Oh yeah. Um article from NPR went yep. to check it out. Yep, and the uh, article about the Wizard of New Zealand uh, came from CNN Travel. This guy actually—that guy actually has a travel, a tra like a travel review, or TripAdvisor review. That is that yeah, that's different. Definitely pretty cool. <laughs> Get your own TripAdvisor as a wizard. So. Ah, yeah, 
TripAdvisor is a winner. I like it. Well, all the overlays all come back up, and now we got a few minutes to kind of chill as we wind down. Chill and relax. Any other questions from the chat? No. Okay. Um, let me ask you guys. What did you all think of having Brandon on or the stories we talked about? <laughs> oh the comment from kit matari is aside from losing his memory tamazar is worth more than set more worth more seven million gold pieces beats zuckerberg i thank you <laughs> <laughs> we all went to sleep he 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 uh we'll see how that goes tomorrow night Tomorrow night, I am running a session for members of the Realmsmith community, and I believe the request has been made that I stream that session. Hopefully, I'll, hopefully I'll find that interesting. I know you're kidding, Deacon. I know. But I appreciate everybody in the chat. It's always fun. And we're still doing the extra life thingy. Went from rank 9,000 to rank 182 in the uh, leaderboard, so... Uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. We're supposed to start the session. If I do kickoff streaming, it'll be roughly about that time. Yep. Uh, of course, when I stream, I also record. So just in case your your test doesn't go well, I will have a backup. I don't know if it'll be on the RS Twitch page. I don't know if they're aware of it yet. The request is there. I did not tag anyone specifically. I said if there was interest, I would consider it. It would be nice if it was. That would be definite exposure. Same. Cool beans. Something going on on the... Going on over there? Over there? Doesn't look like it. No. Yeah, we have our August goals. We're trying to reach a follower count of 100, a subscriber count of 50. It was 25 last week, but now it's 50 because of the 24-hour stream. Victory, thank you. Thank you all. Um, I was thinking, should I do more daytime streams? That's been a question. Hey. Hey, yeah, no, yeah by all means catch tomorrow's game i mean i think the think it's a worthwhile suggestion to see i have been given my marching orders from the power from the council <laughs> and i have been crafting an encounter which i think will be different and interesting and see how it goes uh for anybody who's curious it will be a session with 12 people I will have 12 players in a call, and we will be starting an investigation. Roll, going on an adventure. Roll the dice to solve the riddles. Yeah. Also, I am... Also, I'm starting my planning for Challenge Accepted Season 2, which is going to come back on August 22nd. Where we will meet our new cast of characters... And they will be given a task that will lead them to the realm of Ravenloft. So. 
uh, have an interesting thing where they will go to a, another section of that realm and into a city and perhaps investigate a series of murders. See what happens. Um, if anyone's really interested. I know some people are, but you know. This is another second edition module that I am upscaling to fifth edition. We will spend a little bit of time in the Valley of Barovia to collect clues. And then we will uh, travel to this other area and we will see what happens. Right, you got anything you want to chat about, my friend? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Um, it's just some interesting, um, you know, gaming and film news dropped over throughout the week. Well, what you got? Um, John Wick four and five are going to be filmed back to back. Oh, really? So that's a that's an interesting, cool idea. I love John Wick, so more John Wick is always good in my book. Um, the X, the new Xbox confirmed for November release um with at least uh, 50 new games which includes uh, assassin's creed valhalla dirt 5 gears tactics yakuza like a dog watchdog legion and many more so some some interesting tech and gaming news for anybody out there that are game and tech geeks and movies so <laughs> tpk hmm uh, no it's party kill do they have enough blood on hand for John Wick 4 and 5? I think they can ch uh, truck in enough buckets of blood for it. So. Yeah, I, I I don't think that's the problem. I think that, I think it might be the, the, num the amount of bullets needed. Yeah, that might be hard because I think metal, there's a shortage of metal. So unless they, uh, may, they might be able to find the metal if John Wick comes uh, marching around, you know. The fact that they'll film it back to back means that's going to be one hell of a story. Oh yeah, and def definitely how the third one ended. Um, it's definitely interesting to see how the world is going to grow even bigger. Um, and uh, any uh, interesting and new assassins that might come into play. And any more, uh, maybe it'll expand on the continental a little bit more. That'd be cool. Alrighty. Xbox controllers released. Yep, that news is coming down. It looks like a November release for the new Xbox console. We will see what's up. Oh yeah. But there was some breaking news really like right before we started this podcast is that Halo Infinite got delayed into 2021. So. Alrighty. Uh, real quick, let me run through a couple of things on the activity feed. Then I think we will uh, head out because we've been online for almost two hours. Uh, granted, okay. the first hour just flew by with great conversation and great people. Yes, it was a it was a, it was actually an awesome time with just you know sitting back and listening to learning about what he did does the stories and everything else in between. Oh, these guys are awesome! I can't wait to get to who who are we gonna have next? Because I will ask. All right, let's see. We have real quick to go through the activity feed. Uh, Gary Diamonds gifted a sub. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, Dave Morin, welcome to the subscriber community. Uh, Realmsmith uh, hosted us with uh, 72 viewers and rated us with 52 viewers. Yes, wow. sir. Thank you, guys. Love it. If y'all stuck around, I really appreciate it. Hopefully, you'll consider following and uh, catch us on our next one. Um, and I think with that, we will uh, kind of close out for the night. Uh, Want to wish everyone a safe week, safe weekend. Stay safe. Be safe. Wear your mask, 
Um, and talk, make sure you're talking to people, touching base. This, it's still crazy out here. We still want to make sure everybody's safe. Everybody's communicating and everybody knows that there are those around that care. And, uh, we'll see you around the, see you on the next stream. See you around the game table. Peace.